Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Yanni Kampfmann. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudla. This is Sebastian Wolfler. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And, and you're listening, listening to the Game Podcast. podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in. He steals the title. He wins the 23rd Grand Slam. He's the first guy in history to win 23 Grand Slams. Alcaraz is going to win Roland Garros this year. He wants to be the greatest player. He wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game. I think Iga's going to win Roland Garros and win it back to back. It doesn't happen often. Iga Sriantec is going to be picking up her third. And in the men's, Daniel Medvedev. Rude winning Roland Garros. Ostapenko is going to get her second Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Iga's fiance is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniel Medvedev and Jessica Pagula will bring home the trophy this year. Novak Djokovic clinching his 23rd. And then on the women's side, we're going to put On the women's side, been on fire, has won titles on every surface. Her name is Elena Rabakina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first French Open. Novak Djokovic is the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are. Another day of Roland Garros has come to a close. Day nine, uh, if I'm right in counting. I'm sort of losing count as we're going through this. And uh, JG not able to join us for this one. So we are joined by your boy, Covey. How are you doing, sir? Have you been enjoying the action today? Oh, loving it, loving it. Uh, yeah, I got to call most of this Zverev match as uh, as uh, you took over for me there. But yeah, great day of tennis. Uh, crazy five-setter uh, from uh, Holger Runa. Uh, some disappointing action from Iga, but uh, not because of her play, because of the circumstances we'll get into. But yeah, it's been... 
I'd say overall, it's been a great day of tennis. A little bit of funny stuff going on as well as a, as a ball girl got hit, causing some controversy. But um, I'd say that the drama, the action has been fantastic, starting from Monfils and the first couple nights till now. So I've yeah. been loving it. Most definitely it has. And it's really starting to hot up now. Now we are on the brink uh, of the quarterfinals, as we know. They are upon us. And the big question on this podcast is, can anybody stop Iga Sviantek in this Roland Garros tournament? Because for me, she looks unstoppable. And today didn't really help uh, me think any different. I thought coming into this match against Sorenko, she played her twice before. Uh, once was in Rome just a couple of, well, a week or so ago. And the two times she's played her, it's been 6-2, 6-love. The exact same score line. And it looked like it was going to be the same score again. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately for Sorenko, uh, she had to uh, withdraw. It was one of the first times that I've seen uh, them bringing out the, uh, like the blood pressures they were checking on her on court as well. And she didn't look too well. She had her hands on her knees on the court during after one of the strong rallies. She was actually rallying quite well with Eager, but she looked like she was physically affected by the rally afterwards. And when she sat down at the changeover, it clearly wasn't something right. So she came out and said this statement saying, if I say that I'm extremely sorry, it doesn't describe how I really feel. For me, to play a match against a player like Sviantek is a priority. I'm extremely, extremely sorry uh, not to be able to compete. I like Iga as a tennis player and as a person. I wish her all the best. And Iga did come out and uh, also say, I really hope that she gets well soon. But what what do you make of the fact that Iga now, she only didn't even have to play a set today. She's already barely <laughs> had to play sets as uh, coming up to the fourth round. And now she's into the quarterfinals in a breeze yeah. what, what I do mean, you think i just uh it seems to be a trend you know among the big three on the women's side uh i think recently rabakina was it uh winning rome she had three walkovers on the way or sorry two retirements in a walkover i believe uh yeah. now iga's got uh you know very little time on court gets the retirement here and i believe sabalenka also had a, a couple uh in previous bigger tournaments so something is in the air for these big three players but um yeah, honestly, Iga just really does look, uh, really looks unstoppable. Um, you know, Serenko broke her once. Uh, you know, so, uh, Iga has been broken a couple times in a couple of these matches, even though she's been cleaning up. Uh, got a bunch of bagels, I believe, four of them. But um, I I just feel like, I feel like Coco Goff, uh, sorry to say, um, I just don't know uh, if she has has beefed up her game enough um, to, to take on Iga, especially here in Roland Garros, which feels like her home court more and more. Um, I think Ange Jabeur might be interesting. Um, I do remember Ange Jabeur in the, in the final of the U.S. Open. She didn't start really getting her feet into that match until uh, one and a half sets uh, into yeah. it when she was already down. But I did remember that she had a surge. And, and I remember in that moment thinking, this is why I wish it was kind of best of five for the women in the semis and the finals. Because sometimes these matches, you know, someone comes out so quickly, like someone like Iga. And before you know it, you're down a set and a couple breaks, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, tough, tough seeing anyone other than Saba and maybe Ange Jabeur. But I really don't see Coco having 
uh, too much, uh, giving her too much trouble. For me, it's there's just a golf in class, and this is the problem of me watching uh, tennis at the moment on the women's side. I mean, maybe some other people are struggling with this as well. Uh, I've been watching it, and I've just been thinking that they're just eager, especially just leaps and bounds above people on the clay courts in Roland Garros. You've just seen Sorenko come off the back of double breadstick in Andreescu. To come off the, we just seen Wang come off the back of two straight sets wins uh, mm-hmm. against fairly good people as well, and none of them can even come close. It's not even, it's not even a tennis match. It's like she plays a completely different. It's almost like she's playing the men's tennis against the women. It's almost like that unfair. That's how mm-hmm. it feels like at Roland Garros, eager playing at the moment. And it leads to the question, who who can possibly stop her? I mean, Coco Goff, I'm no disrespects to Coco Goff, but I think she's a fantastic young talent in the game. But I still don't think she's even close to the level of Ego. Nowhere near. I, st- I feel like Ego's level drops. And that's the only time when she loses games is when she makes errors. It's not yeah. when she's being battered off the court by anybody. She... I think she's all the games she's dropped in this tournament so far have just been her playing terribly. <laughs> and that's it. She hasn't. And then as soon as she turns it back on again, she wins about five games in a row if she wants to. It's just nuts. I've never seen yeah. anything like it. It's well, an anomaly. It's, it's that whip that she has. It gives her so much control on both wings, the backhand and the forehand. She has such, such great RPMs that, from anywhere, she just has a better forehand than virtually everyone on tour. So for someone like against Coco, she's just going to pepper that forehand and she can attack it from either side. Um, And I mean, she's just fresh as a daisy. She keeps, you know, like you said, just on and off court within an hour. Uh, Walk over today. Uh, The only person, like I said, uh, Sabalenka would give her the most trouble, I'd say. But Angebur, I'm curious to see if she can find that second half of the second set u.s open form i know this is a very nitpicky thing but um you know maybe you know that's the type of thing that Ons Jabir needed to do you know to to say okay i'm in a final against iga and i'm actually playing with her because you never felt that before until the last half yeah. of that set so hopefully maybe uh she can give her a little bit of trouble um but i think sabalenka as well even though uh these aren't her, her ideal conditions. Madrid was were the perfect conditions for a Sabalenka win on clay over Iga. Um, so again, Saba would probably give her a little bit of trouble, but I still think Iga would be, in my opinion, would be the favorite in that matchup as well. So uh, hard to hard to see anyone um, and anyone left in the draw as well that could kind of surprise her as well. I think Iga would be a massive favorite against her. That's the problem. I feel that the both the times that they've played on like a, a oh, I say both the times, all three times they played on a slower clay surface, Iga's beaten her in straight sets for Sabalenka. And that's the worry for Sabah. The only time she's really been better than her is on the fast surfaces. And it's not fast at Roldan Garros at all. Um, moving on to just this stat, which is talking about Eager and saying only Margaret Court now has a higher winning ratio at Roland Garros in the open era than Eager. And Margaret Court, 92 point, uh, no, 95.2%. And Eager at 92.6%, surpassing Chris Everett uh, at 92.3%. So there you go. That's Jeez. how dominant 
she is at Roland Garros. Just incredible statistics. It's something like 11 out of 12 she wins. I mean, that's just mind-boggling. It's like more than more than you need to win a tournament in a row she has streaks of which they're gonna have to start handicapping her i think uh in this tournament like so you're playing against eager what rank are you uh okay (laughs) you get a four game head start and then that way we'll have a more even match that's the way it seems at the moment i don't want to be disrespectful people are going to probably come in and say why are you being so disrespectful it's not i don't think it is i feel she's just that much better than everybody that we have to make a bit of a joke of it because look put this into perspective this is a good tweet eager this was before her match today eager sviontek time on court through her first three round run on garros matches three hours 33 beatrice had admire on court today three hours 51 in one match i mean i mean yeah ridiculous and had admire went through against cerebres tormo the watching the two types of match completely different types of tennis it's like a different sport that they're playing this is what I'm, I'm talking about i watched that them playing and it's almost like they're just pushing the ball to each other or just pushing it around the court softly and the one thing i noticed about eager today that i i just try and focus on different parts of her game when i watch her now because it's so easy I, easy for her. i just want to see how she's making it so easy and i noticed like her movement is so great on the court. She's so quick to get to, even when somebody tries to challenge her and push her around the court and try and hit hard, she d- makes sure she gets like around the court so fast that she gets into the position to be able to hit her power shot again. Like that's it, her speed, positioning, and then the, the shot just comes. She's got the technique, we know that. But I feel like her speed, she's definitely got like, that on her side you can see that she's side to side on the court on the baseline especially yeah. she's rapid and I mean, uh i was gonna say if you look at her like her thighs she's got like thick thighs and you can tell she does a lot of that that squat down push to left right those types of plyometric drills and stuff like that um, yeah. because she's generally put pretty slender you know um and so she definitely has that and that's, you know, she always gets compared on clay a lot to Rafa, but I would actually say in terms of movement, she reminds me a little bit more of Novak, where there's not a harshness to the a ferocity to the racing to the ball. It's more of like this smooth kind of like feels like you got like a third or fourth leg, you know, it's like, oh, how are you, how are you getting there so smoothly to get yourself yeah. in a position to not just you know, barely dink it back, which she can do if she needs to, those those totally outstretched defensive um, kind of block backs, she can get those too. But she can often get to positions of power where other players would just be getting it back because of her superior movement. So yeah, I think she's, uh, I mean, however, whatever she does to train, I mean, should be the, the playbook for most women players because uh, other than maybe like a not super strong second serve. And to be quite honest, I, I can't really think of too many women that have like a very, like a, a well known to be like a great second serve. Yeah. Um, I feel like ego could be the, like one of the pioneers in that sense of being like having a very, very solid, either a kicker because she has the ability to whip that um, yeah. or, or in some way add the RPMs and gets it out wide too. quite a lot with the kick serve as well. She does. Yeah. So so that's another yeah. So that's another thing that I feel like we're kind of still missing in the women's game. But other than that, she has literally every box ticked. So yeah, 
Uh, well, uh, we know who our next round opponent is. It's a repeat of the final from last year, and it is Coco Goff, who went through in straight sets against uh, Anna Karolina Schmeidlova. Uh, seven five six two, and I, I mean, I had this match on uh, at the same. I think it was on at the same time as one of the other matches as well. I think it might have been Holgaruna that went on for quite a long time yeah. itself. But yeah, I, I Schmeidlova, she did well to get this far, I think. And I just saw a lot of unforced errors. It just seemed that every time it went to the backhand, it was just an error. Coco Goff just solid. She just looked. She's just a better player. That was ultimately it. She didn't have to do too much. Uh, just did enough. And that was it. The scoreline shows it. Seven, five, six, two. Comfortable victory for Coco. Do I give her much of a chance against Eager? Sadly, I don't. Yeah, nor do I. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to lay off the commentary for this one because I was asleep. I will not lie. Um, <laughs> however, uh, I did watch a couple of the highlights as they were showing uh, lead up to the Iga match and all that stuff so it did look like Coco had a pretty decent outing uh comfortable second set there so um yeah yeah good to see her going I mean she has a lot of points to defend here so I'm glad to see she's made it this far um yes. but now it gets really tough uh, I think all the stars need to align in every possible way for her to win uh the next one but gotta play it to see what happens definitely do yeah I mean uh, uh Coco Goff she could have done with not facing uh, eager uh, quarterfinals <laughs> with all those points to defend, but it is what it is. Yeah. If she if she wants to be Roland Garros champion, she's going to have to probably be eager. So that's just the way it goes on the women's side. Let's move to the men's side, and well, the match of the day on the men's side. What an incredible performance from both players! I have to say, uh, Holgeruna coming back uh, in the fifth set from three four love forty down to a win against Francisco Solundolo. It was a five-set match and uh, reaching back-to-back quarterfinals at Ronald Garros and once again <laughs> versus Casper Ruud. It seems like these two keep meeting each other, the Scandinavians, doesn't it? And it's always on clay, it seems like. Uh, last year is where the original drama between these two happened, where apparently Runa said Ruud was uh, cheering loudly in the locker room after, and then they had this whole little kind of beef, yeah. which was kind of squashed. Uh, it was a harmless beef, kind of like the Runa and uh, Stan the Man beef. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting watching because... Um, Runa was having some physical difficulties. He actually gave the whole fourth set to Sarindolo because he knew, I think he was down a break early. I think he was down maybe two love or, or three, one or something. And he was just physically unable to keep up the pace of these longer rallies. So he just pretty much gave away the fourth set. And then um, he just conserved that energy and was able to use it in spurts. Now, there were a couple of moments of destiny in this match. Now, if, exactly what it says there, three, four, love 40 in the, in the fifth set. So Runa was serving. He was down 3-4, love 40. So three uh, break points for Sarundalo. And um, long rallies on pretty much all of them. Sarundalo hit one into the net, hit one wide, I believe. Um, and uh, in the end, he really, he, he blew a big chance uh, to serve out the set uh, in the match. But uh, there's no te there's no guarantee he he would have because this was one of those matches where you could have seen him uh, Runa get broken and then break right back. It just had yeah. that feel. 
However, what really made me feel like it was in the stars was I think it was like 6-6 in the tie break. And again, this is a super tie break in the fifth set. So it's up to 10 points. It was six all, I believe. And Sarundalo uh, ripped, uh, I think it was a forehand or a backhand from behind the baseline, but really got all of it. Runa was at the net and it was right at his body. And the ball went directly off the frame, didn't touch mm. the strings and bounced right back into the court like a perfect drop volley. So and that was... Yeah. And that in that moment, I was just like, it just feels like the stars are aligning for whole Garuna. So anyways, great effort for him. And uh, I'm looking forward to the all Nordic matchup. Yeah, really. It was a it was a brilliant match. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I thought that Surindalo would test him and I thought it would probably go five as well. And uh, Holger Luna proving that he can dig deep just to get uh, a victory when he's not really playing his best or maybe his body is not really feeling its best. I feel like he was playing very well. I don't think he was not playing his best, but I think Solindolo's level went up today. His stock went up as well. I thought he played incredibly well. Some amazing winners, some tweener lobs, all this type mm -hmm. of thing. He had a spell during that fourth set where he was making Luna question his own body where he just mm -hmm. wasn't sure. And I thought, well, maybe the South American's going to just grind him out. And the fifth set is, something Runa was not going to want but like you said he may have just taken it off a little bit it looked like he just was giving up by the end and I already knew right at the end of that set when he was serving I just thought this is going to be a double fault I knew it already I thought he's just going to give him this set and he did he double faulted it's weird yeah. weird how you can just read a situation like that but <laughs> it was obvious that he was sort of tanking that fourth set just to get mm -hmm. to the fifth so that he could just have a little break and uh, just like recoup the energy, sort of. He was shouting a lot as well, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Moritoglu and at his box. And I think he calmed himself down and got back in the zone. And there you go, top, top tennis player. And he goes through in five. Mm -hmm. He's going to have his work cut out in the next round, though. He's playing against somebody who he can beat, but this is a different type of match. This isn't a three-set match. This is a five-set match. And, and Kasper Rude... It's last year's finalist, as we know. Yeah. Um, this one, this one just before we uh, move on, uh, Holger Luna also won uh, despite losing every single statistic beside aces. <laughs> 11 wow. points, minus 25 winners. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, minus uh, 25 on winners to unforced errors differential. Unforced, yeah. So, yeah, channeled his inner Novak oh, in minus. certain areas, played the tie breaks better too. Uh, uh, Francisco will definitely have a few regrets too. Yeah, I mean, but big moments, that's what defines these type of matches. Yeah, and, you know, it was, it was a shame in a way um, for Francisco Sarundolo because this would have been a huge result for him. Like this, yeah. you know what I mean? It would increase his personal aura as he continues on his tennis journey. Uh, but Holger Runa, um, and that's one thing that we were talking about while we we're I was calling this, or sorry, I was we we're talking about it while we we're calling the other one comments we we're chatting, and we we're talking about Sinner and Runa. And the, I think the difference right now between Sinner and Runa is when Sinner gets that physicality turned up, he tends to fold. Whereas Runa, even if he's hurt, he's gonna he becomes this this Viking from from the Nordic Icelands, you know, and he's like, I'm just gonna continue playing and I'm gonna will myself. You know, and I really appreciate that about him. And, and I do think Sinner has that within him. Uh, not, it's not a mm. knock on him whatsoever. But uh, Runa is displaying it and, and showing it to us like, you know, a few times now. Big, you know, 
very much a heart on his sleeve type guy. Yeah, uh, I feel like Holger Luna, and what you see is what you get. If he's pissed off, you're going to find out. If he's happy, you're going to find out. If he wants to moan at the umpire, you're going to hear it. He's he doesn't uh, shut up for most of the match. He's always talking to somebody on there, but I like it. I think he's a great character for the game, and I like people who show a lot of desire on the court and. We can't just have Carlos Alcalaz the only one tearing around the court just mm. and really showing he's giving his all because I feel that Holger Luna's doing exactly the same, but maybe not as in emphatic a fashion. <laughs> yeah, not not tennis-wise necessarily, but he certainly is a breath of fresh air in the sense that he truly is who he his personality shows us. And yeah. I love that. It's an authenticity that I enjoy. There's it's almost like he's like Nick Kyrgios without the like vulgar, the open vulgarity. You know what I mean? Where he's being himself. He's being sometimes a little sandpapery, a little gritty, a little in, a little too in your face. But yeah. he's got the game to back it up. So yeah, uh, great personality. Uh, super excited for him and, and very gutsy victory. For yes, sure. and a very tough quarterfinal coming up against Casper Ruud, who went through against uh, Jerry. Uh, a very tough match as well. Jerry been having an incredible tournament and actually beat Casper Ruud fairly recently as well. So this just goes to show how clutch Casper Ruud is when it comes to Grand Slam tennis and especially at Roland Garros as well. I feel that like he levels up when he comes to the Grand Slams these days, Casper Ruud. And that was why I was, I was sort of alluding to it on some of the podcasts we were doing coming up. And I was saying, no one's talking about him. He was last year's finalist. Why? Uh, that Do that at your own peril because he will, if he gets a good draw, he will get through that draw with ease. And he's been looking great, to be honest. He's barely barely dropped a set, has he, the whole tournament? I don't know if he, how many sets has Casper uh, Ruud. Yeah. He's dropped two sets, yeah. So yeah. he's been through, dropped one against Zeppieri and one against Zhang. But other than that, I think he, he just turns it on at the right time, like he did today. He did that against uh, Jerry, turned it on just at the end of each set, and then that was enough. He, came, he broke back. He was down a break, I think, in a couple of the sets, broke back, then just turned it on at the end. So well yeah. played to him. Yeah, and I think that there's a similarity as well with Hachanov and Rude in that they're both becoming so solid through the experience of continuing to make these deep runs into these big tournaments. Uh, and it's really good to see. Um, you really hope at uh, one day Rude won't be stuck in an era where he <laughs> gets continually blocked from big, big titles because it, it does sort of feel like that. If you're, you know, if you're looking at it right now, it, it kind of seems like Alcaraz, Runa, Sinner are like the main young up and comers. Uh, and Rude is kind of in that in between category, but he keeps making these results and. The more chances you give yourself later in these tournaments, at some point, you know, you're going to have some good luck. So um, I think it's very astute of you to, to not just throw him out of the way because he had a slow start to the year. He yeah. is, again, he's made it to three. Well, he's close to making it to another, you know, he's a couple matches away from being in three of the last four finals of a major. So that's definitely something to to to, to consider and realize when talking about him. Exactly. And like it says here, two Scandinavians, two different personalities, only one winner who takes it. And I'm intrigued by this one, especially the fact that Holgeruna's, I think he would have been the bookie's favorite coming into this matchup, but that was only because he hadn't played five sets. Now he's played five sets against Solundalo. The bookies are now backing 
Casper Ruud as a slight favourite. And that's interesting because Casper Ruud went through in straight sets. But for me, it's still a 50-50 match. I don't think the five sets is going to affect Holger Luna. I feel that he has a slight stronger mentality than Casper Ruud now than he did last year when he lost to him. So that's the only thing that I'd say he has that's greater. But never rule out Casper Ruud because if he puts it all together, he could he could beat him in straight sets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for and and you know, I think that walkover that Runa had against Monfils is gonna come into play and really help him out. Because yeah. say if he had played that match and went four or five, whatever, in a night night session, yeah. and then we saw him struggle again today, then it would really be like, okay, you know, this guy's had long time on the court, you know, stuff like that. But um, that really could be a, a factor in the end, that Monfils walkover for him. But in the end, I I could see this one going five, and I could see it being a coin toss. I would say, in, in my mind, it's a 51-49 Runa um, probability. That's just how my that my gut's saying. I mean, I started so not, the tournament. Much, yeah, I started the tournament with, I think I had Holger Runa in my final of the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. as I'm watching it go on, like now I'm looking at it, I'm feeling like, I'm favoring Casper Rude in this matchup now. I don't know why. I just just from what I've seen, just the way he played today looked very, very good. It was just very? it it was just the way he did it. It wasn't so much like, oh yeah, he, just because he's taken out someone like Jerry who's been in like amazing form. It was just it looked like a, a sort of like a workman like performance, like a great player does. Literally going to say those exact words, workmanlike performance, you know, or right at the end of the set where you need to come through, like you said, with the experience of having, you know, been the finalist before, he knows how to handle those types of situations. Uh, does he win them always against the top, top, top players? Maybe not, but he definitely knows how to handle them against anyone at his level or anything lower. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. He's, uh, we, we can't overlook him for sure. Um, and this and is the another... this is God, I, this is the one thing I wanted to go on a little bit of a segue uh, onto the next person, which mm-hmm. looking at workman like performances, base, basically we're in the fourth round on the uh, on the men's side, and we've just finished it. And we look at the people who have gone through in straight sets: Djokovic in a fourth round, Alcaraz in straight sets in the fourth round, Sitipas mm-hmm. straight sets fourth round, Kasper Ruud straight sets fourth round, <laughs> and now Stefano Sitipas. Uh, no, and uh, Sasha Zverev. Sorry, I've yeah. just said this a pass, haven't I? And now <laughs> I was just reading his name again. But now Sasha Zverev has gone through in straight sets in the fourth round as well. And these are all the big players. Holger Luna threw him five. This is what I mean. Like a slight difference, although he did have, like you said, the withdrawal and the walkover. But yeah. it's the it's the level of the match, the fourth round, and going through that easily that mm-hmm. makes you think wow, these, these players have sort of stepped up like another level to just take out somebody else who's really played um, incredibly to get to the fourth round. It's not easy to get to the fourth round. So, Yeah, it's like, it's like basically it's like this feeling that all those guys who went straight sets victories in the fourth round, it, it's that feeling of they're rounding into form. And then yeah. with, the, with Aruna, you're like, okay, this kind of feels like the opposite because this guy's been cruising until now. Um, but we also have to admit, I would say that Sarundalo is one of the better opponents that lost. Maybe yeah. not the best of the, the losers in the in the round of 16, but 
uh, uh, yeah, round of 16, but he's definitely sure. been one of the, the hotter ones. Actually, I was about to, I was thinking if, if he won, I was going to message JG and say, Hey, you're welcome <laughs> for picking him as your, as your out dark horse there. Um, That's but, um, but I got to say, uh, three to four days ago, if you'd asked me on the bottom half of the draw, what's going to happen, I would have said Runa. Boom. Easy answer. Now, three, four days later, I'm saying maybe Runa, maybe Rude, and maybe Zverev. Do not count this guy out. He is playing some really, really good tennis. Uh, called the, the Tiafo match. He was down uh, a set and a break. Also a break in, the, I believe, the third and the fourth, and just kept on coming back. Uh, straight sets victory today a um, little bit of a blip in the middle set where um yeah he was down two four um and uh he has actually started well in that set but anyways he had a big lull there for about 15 to 20 minutes but he caught himself uh and took the second set but um sasha's Zverev has um has shown me like he's on his way to how well he was playing against nadal and I haven't felt that at all until now since his return. So it's been basically a full year of him like trying to find his way back to that ascension that he was sort of on. So yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that he, yeah, it was a very up and down performance. There were uh, a, quite a few double faults in there as well. Uh, it's definitely not the finished products, Alex Verev, that we saw mm. against Nadal last year. But you can see glimpses of it, and he's still got the shot-making ability. But he's got the ability to not be playing great and still clean Dimitrov up in straight sets. And that's the scary thing, because if he does start putting it together, <laughs> that that scoreline isn't 6-1, 6-4, 6-3. It'll be 6-1, 6-1, 6-2, or something yeah. hor- horrific like that for, for Dimitrov. But it was a little, like you said, a little blip in that middle set. And he had a little blip in the last set as well. He got broken back. But then as soon as he got broken back, he just broke him straight back again. Dimitrov was down love 40 before you knew it. So, but we're talking about Zverev and saying that he's been through in straight sets. Uh, He'll be playing in the next round another guy who has been through every single round in a uh, in straight sets and let me just bring up the uh, oh, let me just bring up the results here here we go and it is uh, Thomas Martin Echeverri and impressive result i heard that there was a medical timeout for Nishioka in this one so he may not have been fully fit but impressive result i mean in a fourth round to breadstick and bagel uh, somebody and go through in straight sets again. He hasn't dropped a set the entire tournament. He has had a good draw. Not going to lie. I think it's a, he's had Drapo dropped out of his match. He had Alex de Menor, didn't he, in his next match, which I'm not being funny. Alex de Menor, not the best on the clay. And then Borna Chorich, which was quite a tough match, but he got through him in straight sets as well. So he's yeah, done. Well, can yeah. he beat each put in front of you? And uh, you say what you were saying to me before we came on about Sasha Zverev now playing at Chaveri. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, uh, so as I was saying, I, I feel like we're starting to just starting to, he's not nearly back to where he was last year against Nadal. We're talking about Zverev here, but the glimpses of, Oh my gosh, he's showing that sort of resolve and that, that big game that we were accustomed to now. Whether he's back or not, um, this Echeverry match is actually a perfect uh, kind of barometer for us as analysts and fans to to see 
because lately these are the type of players that Zverev has been losing to in the quarterfinals. He's been making to the quarterfinals of most of the tournaments that he's been doing. So he's making a certain level of consistency, but he hasn't been able to go past that. Same has been, uh, been the case for Indian Wells, uh, Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Rome. It was all quarterfinals and not further. So, now we're going to see him in the exact same situation that he's been in the last half year. Um, and now we're going to say, okay, was this the, the Zverev that we saw last year coming back? Or is it the one of late who might have a tough time and maybe even lose to Echeverry? So I'm really, really curious. I think this is the absolute perfect barometer matchup because it's not against someone like a Djokovic where you're like, well, let's be honest, we would probably choose him to lose. It's someone uh, who we probably think we, he should win based on his form of late. Um, however, let's not forget Echeverry. I watched him play a phenomenal. Uh, it was a straight sets finals lost in Houston to Tiafo. But I've been watching him on and off throughout the last couple months. And uh, he's got a big game. He's a really good player. He's tall, decent serve. Um, so uh, even though we've been singing the praises I have, especially uh, in the last few minutes about Zverev, I do think that it's not a foregone conclusion and we're in for some pretty good action here. Definitely. I mean, he's only 23 years old. He's now into a quarterfinal of a slam. Uh, for the first time, he uh, went out in the first round, I believe, last year to Ketsmanovic. So you just see how far his his game has come on since then. Obviously, Ketsmanovic not having the, a greater season this year as he did probably last year. But yeah. And he is repping, obviously, uh, Argentina. We lost Solundolo, uh, mm-hmm. and we've lost Schwartzman. We now, uh, Guido Pella as well. Uh, we now have Olivier. Yeah, Cashin. There was a few in there, but ultimately, we have... Echeveli, is he the new best thing coming out of Argentina? Mm-hmm. And like you said, big guy, 6'5", big serve, and it gets him out of trouble a lot, that serve. And that's the one thing that he has a really good game, good, powerful game, and a perfect barometer for finding out where Zverev's at because he yeah. can go toe-to-toe with the serve probably with him, and then it's just going to be about who serves better mm-hmm. and... The rallying, Zverev won't be able to just give him those love 40 games on, on serve because I don't yeah. think you'll be getting as many free uh, games off him as you did off Dimitrov, no. that's for sure. Yeah, for but, sure. No, it, it's yeah, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting because uh, Echeverry does have some skills that could hurt uh, Zverev. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think uh, even though maybe on paper it's not the most exciting uh, of all of them, but I think it really will be. Uh, it'll be up there in terms of level and uh, showing us the medal of these guys. Yeah, but it's mad to think that obviously Sasha Zverev could be in another semi-final in one match time. Uh, yeah, again, nobody, well, I say nobody. He was my surprise package of the tournament, my first one. So I thought you just can't not mention his name, can you? He was in the semi-final last year. So uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Let us know... Uh, your thoughts in the comments section below. I want to know who you're picking for all of these quarterfinals that are coming up. Who do you think is going to stop Eager? Do you think Coco Goff has any chance against <laughs> Eager? And if not, what scoreline do you think it'll be? And uh, yeah, let us know on Holgaruna Kasparud. Who have you got in that matchup as well? Make sure you've hit a like on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new and make sure to join us for all of the quarterfinals that'll be coming up over the next couple of days. Peace. Right. Over <laughs> and out.
<laughs> Take care, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.